we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. What is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to the weekend number six preview episode of the 11.7 podcast. As you can probably tell, I am straight up battling with a sinus infection. Been sick the last two days. And so I'm going to fight through this. I want to stay off of the DL, or I'm sorry, the IL. Can't say DL anymore. But yeah, I really wanted to just have this podcast with you guys here with Dimitri. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. It's an exciting, exciting weekend of college baseball. We get some really good conference matchups. We're also going to recap the midweek from uh, a couple days ago, talk about the top storylines there. And uh, it's going to be a little bit shorter of an episode just because I'm sick, I'm tired. I know Dimitri's tired as well. It's late here. Um, but we'll, we'll still hit on all the major things happening right now in the sport. So before we get started, we just want to thank our two sponsors here, Yacker Tech and Circa. Circa is going to be posting uh, college baseball gambling lines as of uh, probably right now when you're listening to this podcast for Friday night. And uh, I, I, dude, I just know it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of tempting lines to take because your gut instinct wants to take the favorite or you want to take the home team. I have a feeling that this is going to be a week full of upsets. It's going to be a week full of teams taking the next step that we haven't seen them do. And maybe some bigger teams taking a step down towards the level playing field. Uh, but we just want to thank, we want to, t- we want to thank Circa for sponsoring our grand prize for the weekend series pick which we'll make our picks here later on the episode and our survivor contest. And I believe, Dimitri, correct me if I'm wrong, we have 13 people remaining in our Survivor contest. 13 are still surviving. Dude, that's crazy. I got eliminated last week, so I'm out. Dimitri's out. Shit, I got eliminated in 2022 season. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It's it's felt like that long ago. 
Uh, but yeah, we're a third of the way through the season, and uh, it's dude, it's moving fast. It's moving really fast. Other sponsor here, Yacker Tech. You guys know about them. They're making a much bigger presence here in college baseball. And uh, basically, I'm not a very smart person analytically, but to understand what Yacker Tech and Baseball Cloud do is they help these programs consolidate a lot of data that's out there amongst college baseball hitters, pitchers, uh, even like team tendencies, those type of things. They consolidate it down and make it easier to understand for players to develop better, coaches to adjust better, and uh, and they're growing like crazy. I know they have a long wait list of high school teams, D3, D2, NAIA teams, Division One teams that want to use their product. Um, and as far as I know, it's the best around. So uh, you guys definitely check out Yakertech, check out Circa. They support us, and uh, they, they help us run this show and afford to do things that, you know, help us create better content and and things like that. So um, I'm already out of breath, Dimitri. I, I, let me ask you this. Have you ever been in a swimming pool thinking you're about to drown? Or maybe the beach or Lazy River? Hold on. Where, where did this, this Just, question come because from? Because that's how I feel right now. I can't breathe. My nose is completely stopped up. I'm like Dude, gasping it, for air. I, I know exactly how you feel. I've been there. You feel like... You are just locked up. You are just absolutely locked up. I can. I feel like I'm breathing so hard into this microphone. the The audience could probably smell my breath right now. <laughs> it's terrible, dude. Um, no, but I just I just went on the Discord and and um did the you know the Oz command where the bot right. Wow, there's a lot of Oz for the game tomorrow. I know it's not for our book with Circa, but. DraftKings has a whole ton, like tw- almost 30 games, I think, mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah, and, and Circa's going to have just as many. They just haven't released the lines yet. Um, but it'll be out Friday morning. Uh, definitely something to look at. I, mean, I know the college basketball March Madness is going on right now, and a lot of people are dipping their toes into you know, responsibly wagering on, on some games to make the watching the games a little bit more exciting. Uh, if you if you've already committed to that, check out the college baseball lines. We'll we'll talk about some of our favorite matchups for tomorrow. Maybe some underdog plays you should look at. Uh, but I do want to just come out and say like eleven point seven is embracing gambling a little bit because we think it. I mean, we don't think we know it's growing the sport and popularity now. It's uh, I mean compared to two years ago, three years ago when there was think, nothing available, a lot a lot of people were less interested in nationwide coverage. I think football, I think the NFL in the last two years since sportsbooks started doing, you know, online apps and, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel. And because before with DFS fantasy, when you would do your, your fantasy lineup mm-hmm. on Sunday, literally I would wake up at 7, 8 a.m. And, and have my coffee and stuff. And I would sit on the computer and start researching my line, my, my team for, yeah. for fantasy, for NFL. Then I would sit there all day. And then, Big uh, Barstool and uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, all that started having making betting so much more accessible. The popularity of the NFL, I swear, skyrocketed because directly because of that. Right. No, 100%. So, so I think baseball, I think college baseball can, 
I don't know how much it'll grow, like in terms of popularity and eyeballs and stuff, but it will definitely be more than if there wasn't any betting on college baseball. I Yeah, I agree 100%. I think it's just the numbers don't lie there. But anyways, whether kind you, of the- Yeah, like whether you like, whether you like gambling, support gambling or whatever, or you don't like people, you know, some people have not been, like, I don't want to say not happy, but they just were like, why are you guys talking gambling if you love the sport? No, we're just sharing more information and more things for people that maybe are on the fence about the sport and they want to, they need a, for a reason for whatever. Mm-hmm. They need a reason to be interested in gambling is that reason. Go for it. That means there's just more people watching the sport and more people researching stats, more people trying to find a way to win money. That, that That's exactly what you want an avid fan to do anyways. A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with that. And and we'll see how far it takes us. But um, yeah, kind of like some minor announcements as far as 11.7 is going. One, uh, we're Dimitri, uh, mostly Dimitri, but myself, I guess a little bit. Uh, we've been the last few weeks designing a merch shop uh, where we're going to be selling 11.7 merch. Uh, possibly some team-specific stuff as well. Uh, but we should be releasing that here within the next week or so. Is that a pretty fair estimate, Dimitri? We've, we've taken a lot of time we said, doing we said We said a week last week, but we've been adding. We're trying to add as much as we can before we launch so people can just kind of go through it in a little bit more than just two shirts and a hat or something. Yeah, it's like, not something we just threw together. We've been spending nights and days putting it together for you guys just to make it look... Uh, you know, much more professional and appealing and, and easy to look at. Uh, and, and they're fun designs too. You guys will be really excited about them. So we'll be releasing that maybe Monday at the earliest. Uh, we're going to finish some stuff Monday up this weekend, yep. but sometime next week. Um, another big note, I, for me personally, I, a lot of stars aligned here for me. And uh, I don't know for a lot of listeners, but I did work or I do work a full-time day job uh, 40 hours a week as an insurance agent at Geico. A uh, lot of lot of moving parts for me, you know, balancing a family, you know, wife, son who just turned one years old. This, you know, spending a lot of time on 11.7 and, you know, scraping out, making up hours at Geico throughout the week. Uh, I decided to put my two week notice in uh, as of Monday this past week. So I'm excited to. And it has nothing to do with Geico. Uh, it's a great place to work at. Had a lot of fun doing it. But, you know, as far as the college baseball season goes, like feels like this is my time and 11.7's time to really just focus and grind it out and just see where this takes us. Because I think we have a lot of bigger opportunities ahead of us where if I wasn't working 40 hours a week trying to balance everything, uh, we could potentially be there by now. Um, there's a lot of other factors that went into it as well. Uh but yeah, I was excited to share that here with the audience and, and to hey, see see where that takes us. Congratulations. First of all, congratulations on, I don't know if it's a congratulations on not working anymore because that's kind of weird, <laughs> but I guess congratulations on making a, a big decision. And yeah. I think it's kind of cool the shit, like, like where we started, like where we were three, four years ago to where we are now is kind of like, hey, 
I can, I can for, you know, two months out of this season, I can, you know, not, I can quit my job or whatever, walk away from my job and focus just for the last two months of the season. You, we couldn't, you could never have done that. Right. Years, yeah. Two, even in last year, two years ago. Yeah. We still have three months left of the season and, and uh, two months of that is very exciting times. It's, it's conference tournaments, regionals, college world series, super regionals, all that. And I can just tell you, I wasn't working my best. It wasn't fair to Geico as well. I mean, I was trying to work, you know, eight hour shifts, 10 hour shifts on three or four hours of sleep. It just was, it was tearing me down as a person. I was not happy, hated going to work every day, much more happy doing this. I mean, I could stay up until 4 a.m. doing college baseball stuff. Uh, and Knowing that you can sleep in the next day and whatever, right. be free mentally and stuff. Yeah, it'll allow us to. I mean, hopefully my, my goal is to just for both of us to do this full time and, and make a make a real you know livable wage. So um, and there's there's been a lot of promising stuff you know, thrown at us recently as well, where I think that by next year, it, it'll absolutely happen. So, um, you know, I'll worry about the offseason I and mean, I might pick up an offseason job here um, after the season, uh, trying to get my real estate license, trying to, you know, just see what see what comes next. But uh hey yeah just i, I felt I like everybody that. here that I, listens to it deserves to know that um i'm going to be spending a lot of more time doing uh doing what i love hey i will say i'm super i'm very excited to see what what you come out with with your like a full-time focus like when yeah. now this, now you can focus on your hobby full-time because mm-hmm. i would consider this my hobby 100 my hobby is obviously college baseball i love college baseball my hobby is creating thing like designing thing like our website i enjoyed building it i enjoyed doing our merch i enjoyed all those little the behind the scenes thing i enjoy doing so i'm excited what you come up with and what you do with your like your full attention so i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to that big time 100 percent. and and honestly like none of this would have even been possible without our sponsors yakker tech and circa and then patreon yeah our oh, patreon subscribers no doubt. too Everybody, everybody helps. Everybody's helped with this, and hopefully, we're able to give back what you guys have put into us. So, um, anyways, let's get down to the meat of things. Let's recap the midweek first. Uh, we can talk a little bit about Team USA and Japan a little bit, just because that was oh, the, oh, oh, oh yes, we can. <laughs> that was the most watched baseball game of all time, and it just came down to the most like script. It was almost scripted how it ended. It was it was incredible. Now, unfortunately, Team USA lost. Um, but I think it was good for the sport of baseball that, that Team Japan won. Maybe that'll light a fire under Team USA next, you know, in 2026 when it comes back. And I think it's just going to keep building on it. Um, but let's let's start with that, and then we'll go we'll go a little let's bit of college WBC baseball first. Yeah, let's just get out of the way. I mean, for Japan to get to that final with with drama filled, they oh were they God. almost didn't even yeah. get there against Mexico and. I mean, I wrote it in my, if you, by the way, I wrote a whole kind of recap and my thoughts on the whole WBC. It's on our website on the homepage. You can't miss it. Um, it's kind of long, um, but I think you will enjoy it. Um, it's kind of, I've never been much of a writer, like in terms of like that. So let me, you know, your thoughts, what you guys, if it's very readable, interesting, it grabs your attention, whatever, just let me know. But anyway, um, I mentioned it in there that, I learned about a lot of players that I've never even heard of before in this WBC. And that goes for all teams, not just Japan, not just USA, 
I mean, there were double A people, single A people, you know, grinding their way through the minor leagues. Like, and this is their, I mean, this is their stage. I mean, for example, I'm rattling off name, Nicky Lopez for Italy or David Fletcher or Dundinning for Australia. I think he's a prospect, the Orioles or somebody like that. Um, even the, the the Latin players, um, even we got to see Joey Manessas. I've never heard of him, and that guy, the superstar, um, Newbar. Yeah. I only know him because um, I, I I know of him for whatever reason. His brother played or something like that. Um, now, I mean, that guy had like fifty k followers on Instagram. Now he's pushing a million. He's almost mm-hmm. at a million in two weeks. He went. He gained almost a million followers in two weeks on Instagram. That's like that TikTok girl. What's her name? Um, Alex Earl or something like that. Hey, hey, I'm trendy. I might be 30, but I still got it. I, I'm, <laughs> I still know what's going on. Um, she gained like 2 million in like a month or two months. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what the, the WBC, that's what the classic did. It just brought, it exposed people's name to the whole world. And now mm-hmm. people know who all these guys are. And my point is the pitcher for Japan in the semifinal against Mexico, Roki Sasaki. That guy, 21 years old, slinging 99-102 with a splitter. I mean, if you can throw gas with a splitter, you're literally following Japan's blueprint, and you're you're going to make a lot of money. That's what Roger Clemens did to win, you know, however many games and however many Cy Youngs, that hard fastball with a splitter. I, I was actually texting with Kyle Lewis during that that outing for uh, – for what'd you, what was his name? Sasaki? Roki, Roki Sasaki. Roki Sasaki, and I said – Kyle Lewis, Major League Baseball player, Golden Spikes winner. I said, "Hey, is the split finger the hardest pitch to hit?" And he goes, "When you match it with a with a fastball up in the zone, it's almost untouchable. You, you pretty much just have to pray it's a ball." I I there in our Italian final two years ago. By the way, this the guy pitched um, for Cuba in the WBC, Elian Leva. He was playing in Italy. Um, and all our whole lineup basically came up to the first time through. They basically said, okay, anything at the thighs or lower, we're just going to take. And mm-hmm. if it's a strike, tip your cap. Like, especially 3-2, 2-2, 3-2. If you see the ball at your thighs or, like, at your knees, thighs, take it. They That's what they started doing. And we got, like, two walks, like, back-to-back like that, base hit, and we scored. Because guys were just basically, like, if he strikes us out with a fastball at the knees, tip your cap because – you're, you're, the chances are you have a better chance just taking it, and it's going to be mm-hmm. a splitter out of the zone. Even if you hit it, you're going to hit it off the end of the bat and break your bat and roll over to second base or third base, wherever it is. It, so, just, anyway, his outing against um, Czech Republic was his first outing. It was it was it was so overmatched; it wasn't even close. <laughs> I mean, those guys are not seeing. No, not many people can just get in the box and square up a hundred. Period, and then you mix that in with a splitter, a good one. Good luck. So mm-hmm. Mexico, I think it was his name, Luis Urias. Yeah, Urias. He a three-run homer, and everybody was like, holy shit, what yeah. just happened? And then you can go on with what happened next in that semifinal. Yeah, I mean, Japan just never quit. Mexico was up, was it 4 nothing, 5 nothing? I think and it was 3 nothing. 3 nothing. you're and right. Like and then 5-3 or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Japan ended up tying it up and then walking it off with a, with a – just no, they nice... never tied it. I thought they did. I thought they tied it. It was five four. Um, Murakami hit the two run thing. The guy pinch ran behind Otani. He was flying around the bases. Remember? Yeah, I remember now. I didn't remember the score though. 
well, five four because they they walked first and second no out guy scored the winning run. Yeah, to walk it off. I mean that game was exciting, and then leading Incredible. up, and and then we were we were not expecting Tuesday's championship game, Team USA, who just dominated Cuba, basically run ruled them in the semifinals. You know they get to play in front of you know sold out crowd, ton of Cubans, and then, and then they just dominated Cuba, um, and then they go and play. Team let's Japan. Stop, hold on, let's talk about Cuba real quick before we get to the championship. You okay. want to know something? Cuba had the easiest. They got gift wrapped in a semifinal berth, right? Yeah, they played Australia in the quarters, right? I mean, honestly, Cuba would by far, in a way, the better team there. But Australia, they should have been playing South Korea, and I bet you, I probably, I bet you, South Korea would have won. Mm-hmm. Um, they were by far the cute Australia had a Cinderella upset over South Korea. That's the only reason why they were there. Um, but Cuba, them making the semifinal, each player on the team got 25 grand. That's a lot of money to them over there. Do you know how much the average salary annually of a Cuban baseball player is? Isn't it something ridiculous like $25? Well, it's three and average annual a good salary, 360 bucks in Cuba. A year. So 30 bucks a month. $360 a year is like kind of average in Cuba. More on the upper side. They got 25 grand for making the semifinal. That was their total prize winning per player. 25 grand. 25 to the team, the federation, 25,000 to the player. Good for them, man. Good for them. If they would have, if they wouldn't have lost to Australia, I think their payout would have been like seven or 8,000. I'm happy for them. It's it's hard so to be that's awesome. Like if mm-hmm. you think of it in that aspect. It it provides a lot of motivation for their best players to sign up and play, I'll tell you that. That's life changing <sighs> money to them. Oh yeah, I know. But like how many of them are making good money in Japan in the Nippon in the Taiwanese league or even in minor league ball or in the big league, mm-hmm. like Luis Robert and Moncada. But guys like Randy Rosarena, by the way, probably one of the most electric players of the whole entire tournament. I mean, he's big game Randy. He does it in the he, World Series. He does it in the World big, Baseball Classic. Who is the big? Who is the bigger big game player? Randy Rosarena or Kyle Schwarber? Randy Rosarena has to Schwarber, be. Schwarber, did you see Jared Carabas? He tweets it after every big time Schwarber hits a home run. He's had a home run in ALCS, NLCS, ALDS, ALCS. World Series, World Baseball Classic Championship, World Baseball Classic Semifinal, Little All-Star League, game. World Series, whatever, All-Star yeah. Game, everything. Cape League, All-Star Cape, Game. Cape Cod League Championship Game. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so he didn't play for Cuba. Um, Jose Abreu didn't play for Cuba. And there was beef because um, you remember when they were in Miami, I, I mentioned it to you, I texted you, that there was going to be protests and stuff mm-hmm. in Miami. Right. And they asked Moncada a question, basically saying like, "Hey, um, how do you feel about the the government, the regime?" And he kind of avoided the question, basically saying, "I'm a baseball player, I'm not involved in all that." And Abreu and some of the other guys that didn't play were pissed at him because they were like, "Dude, that was your opportunity to yeah. fight against it," and he's like, "Dude, I can't." So interesting dynamic there, right? Well, um, yeah, I mean, Cuba semifinals, that's great. It was uh, it was fun watching their team. They started 0-2 in the tournament and ended up winning the next two in pool play to advance on that five-way tie, which is crazy. 
but let's talk about the championship game here. You get, in my opinion, probably the two most, or probably the two, definitely the two best professional baseball leagues, right? You get J- T- Japan. I, and, yes, absolutely. And the Nippon Professional League, and then you get Major League Baseball, of course. And on top of that, you get the two best players of our generation, both on the same Major League team, which is crazy. But Mike Trout for Team USA, um, who was having a really good tournament. And then Shohei Otani for Japan, who's been their leader, their warrior, the person that they can rely on at, at any time. And he was kind of the hype man for Team Japan, too. Kind of showing them an American-style way to play baseball. You know, getting them hyped up after a double, things like that. Oh, dude. When have, like, when have you ever seen Japan coming out of the dugout like and that? I haven't. I mean, I, but I also don't watch a ton. I don't watch any no, Japanese even baseball. In the 2017, when they lost in the... Uh, the quarterfinals in 20, no, quarterfinals or semi. No, they lost in the semi in 2017 mm-hmm. to Puerto Rico, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were, Otani wasn't there. He was hurt. So, I mean, they, they, it was, they, I don't remember them coming out of the dugout and stuff like that. Not that I can remember either. They were much more mild, mild mannered. Yep. And, and so it, it, I, th- I felt like the whole world was watching. I know something around 97% of TVs in Japan had that game turned on, which is just nuts to think about. Uh, and then everybody in the United States, like that's what swarmed Twitter. I mean, it got, it was the number one trending topic by a mile. It, it and, was like nine of the top 12 trending topics had something to do with that game. Right. Whether the player's name or the game or something. Yeah, and it was a it was a super low scoring game. Um, Japan scored three runs early um, off of Merrill Kelly, and was it three runs? Maybe just yeah. No, I think no, it was it, they scored. I think two off of Merrill. Then they hit a home run off of Freeland. Shout out Freeland. Yeah, and uh, Team USA just couldn't get like they were one for seven in, with runners in scoring position, and Arenado and and Paul Goldschmidt went combined zero for eight or, or something along there. Um, so the three, four hitters just couldn't couldn't drive in a run. And then, of course, fast forward to the ninth inning, two outs. Mike Trout is up, one-run game, facing his teammate Shohei Otani, who came out of the bullpen in the ninth Wait, inning. Wait, before we get to that, how what a dagger was that Mookie Bet double play? Oh, right before that in the ninth inning? Oh, dude, freaking, what's his name from the McNeil? Yeah, he great grinded grinded out a walk like that was a he earned that walk, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, okay, here we go, tying run on, we have a chance. We're going Mookie and then Trout, and oh my god, that Mookie double play with a dagger. You know how many college baseball and high school baseball coaches were just like, that's why you bunt, that's why you bunt him over. And it's like, no, 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 that's Mookie bets. <laughs> Did you? You just reminded me, Japan head coach or manager. You remember when Murakami hit that walk-off two-run double? First and second, nobody out with the situation. Didn't he, he tell said, him to bunt? He said, no. He was thinking he was originally going to make have him bunt. And then he was like, you know what? His, the pitcher's command is off. He, he, he looks off. Like, he's not contr- pinpointing command. He was like, I'm going to let him swing it. Walk-off that, double. That, like, I don't know if that's an analytical thing that can tell you that or that's just pure feel and just eyeball, like, gut feeling. Like that's the difference. Like a computer can tell you a lot of things, a lot of things, but sometimes be a gray manager. You can't just sit there and look at a, a spreadsheet in front of you in the dugout and make di- analytical calls. Sometimes you just got to make gut calls based on what you see. hundred percent. 
And that's that's the great equalizer there. That's the great mix. You get managers that are in their 70, like 70 years old. They've been around the game for 65 years. And like they've seen every every outcome. They get gut instincts. It's the same thing, whatever, you know, whatever you do as a profession, you can kind of take tendencies and uh, apply them to your job. And that's what that's what makes a great manager, somebody that can feel the game out, you know, rely some decisions on analytics, some on gut in, instinct. And uh, that's what that's what separates the good from the great. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead. You were yeah, so the, the Mike Trout Shohei Otani at bat. The first pitch, I believe, was about 36 feet, and it was 101 miles an hour. It bounced in there, and I'm like, oh, man, Otani is gassed up right now. He is juiced for this. Um, and, and it ultimately works to a 3-2 count, all fastballs and one splitter, I believe. And one Trout, splitter that – no, he threw a fl- – no, it was two sliders and three or four fast – two sliders and uh, – Four fastball. Yeah. And Mike Trout swung through two fastballs, like right down the middle. Just couldn't Dude, catch up to it. He blew them by him. Yeah, just could not catch it up. And and obviously, the, the scoreboard reads three balls, two strikes, two outs, and one run game, Team USA, Japan, bottom nine. And you're thinking, like, this is this is scripted. This is something out of a uh, an Adam Sandler movie or something. Like, this is hilarious. How did it get to this point? The two best players of our generation facing think off. Of, think of it like a Japanese animate show where yeah. they, they're hyping it up the flames are building up the smoke is building up the characters are staring at each other their eyes are about to pop out of their head <laughs> yes and they're getting ready for the final like showdown yes and uh shohei otani breaks off the nastiest slider of all time night was it 89 miles an hour started right down the middle and 12 inches of break off the plate if, hey, to be a nerd, I think it was like 19 inches of hor- or 18 inches of horizontal break. And and it, it doesn't matter. Great pitching is going to beat great hitting 100 times out of 100. There's nothing Mike Trout could have done other than just not take the bat off his shoulder. But it looked like a strike probably 58 feet of the way. And, and Japan wins it. They win the World Baseball Classic. They're going to be the reigning champions in 2026. And like I mentioned earlier, I think this is going to be good for the United States because they want redemption and, and maybe you'll get more elite arms, more elite pitching but for team USA. It even have made a difference in that game, which was, I'm so happy. I was so happy that people couldn't use that excuse. Oh, United States didn't have their best pitching. Pitching didn't win that game. No, I know they could have easily won it offensively, but uh, I don't know. It sucks think, the USA think, lost. I'll put it that way. But I'm glad think, that next year, I mean, next World Baseball Classic, there'll be a storyline behind it and people are going to be way more interested. Yeah. And I think 2017, well, cause, okay. So Japan's gone first, first, third, third, first in their WBC. That's their third title. And they finished top three in the other two. Right. So Japan owns this tournament. Mm-hmm. But USA winning in 2017, I think, kind of put a little water on the urge and the fire mm-hmm. of them. Like, hey, we need to win this. So Japan winning, you know, they're going to come with an all uh, all legend team in 2026. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, and every and you know what? Even crazier, Japan's gonna only get better. All these oh, other yeah. countries are only gonna get better. And it showed a path. Like a team like Mexico was. Three outs away, two outs away from making it to a championship game. 
Mexico was, I think, 100 to 1 odds to win it before the tournament. That's crazy. I'll, I'll tell you what Mexico's odds were. Um, I think I have it on the World Baseball, on our website. Mexico was 35 to, uh, 35 to 1. 35 to 1? Okay. But still, that's that's incredible that they 3, made it that 35 to 1, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and you know what? Mexico before the final, was Mexico the only beat team that beat Team USA? So they, mm-hmm. they had all the confidence in the world that they could do it. They could beat them again. Right. And I mean, you're right. Every team's going to get better. This, this is going to grow the sport for the next three or four years or three years before the next one. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm glad it turned out to be a great tournament. Uh, it's something that I wish happened every year, but it's almost better that it happens every four no, years. It's better. That's the why everyone loves it. Same thing with the World Cup. People in the Olympics, you get it once every four years. You're so excited for it, the buildup and the waiting and the, the, yeah, it's just, no, they would ruin it if it was every year. Yeah. I Selfishly, agree. I'd want it every year, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was fantastic. I hope you guys enjoyed watching it as well. Um, some of you guys reached out to me, tweeted at me saying, man, I enjoyed that. Thank you so much for bringing it to my attention. Even though w- without me, you, you couldn't have missed you would have, it. You would have found out. Yeah, you can't miss that. Yeah, but early on in the tournament, those games were equally as fun. So if mm-hmm. you caught those games because of me or whatever reason, I'm I'm so happy you did because it, it is that is that worth it. And I missed a lot of college baseball. I mean, I kind of had to do late night box score checking and stuff like that. And during the week, re- re- like catching up. But I missed a lot of college baseball for it. And man, I I, I can't even feel bad saying that it, it's, it's worth it. Like this tournament mm-hmm. is the best brand of baseball there is. Yep. Um, so going to the second best brand of baseball, let's talk midweek baseball. There we go. Midweek <laughs> baseball. Midweek uh, matter. It was uh it was a lighter midweek. I know there's a lot of teams that played, but there weren't very many great storylines. Um, other than I mean, yesterday's action. Um East Carolina and Campbell played a freaking thrilling game that nobody could see. It wasn't televised. Two two of the, the it was on a weather cam. It was televised on a weather cam. Yeah, a weather cam from four hundred feet away. It's terrible. And, and then a GoPro um that we were notified of. So yeah. Great game. Campbell took the season series. The Humps are are um de- demanding that we move them up to number one in the mid major ranking. I they think have a case too. Is, um I think that is a position that needs to be I understand they took the midweek series, but a weekend series, I think, is the only way you can truly like say, "Hey, you, you, you got to replace them. They mm-hmm. need better." So, I think the midweek series definitely makes it an argument, but I don't think it's an NBA all final argument. Right, but I'm I've been super impressed with with Campbell this year. I mean, they lost two first day draft guys from last year, and uh, they and they look this year, dude. They all. I, I think it's safe to say they probably are better team this year. The guys that had to fill those roles have stepped up. Now, of course, you can't ever replace a Zach Neto, uh, Ty Cummings, those kind of guys. But, um, dude, they – and this takes nothing away from East Carolina, who I think is also better, this, like much better this year than they were last year. I think I think East Carolina this year is a better baseball team. Maybe not as talented, but they're a better team. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Right. 
But I think it's easily safe to say that one of those teams will, between Campbell and East Carolina, one of those two teams will host a regional, maybe both. I mean, very possibly both. Campbell, I mean, if you if you want to Campbell right now is number seven in the RPI. You're if you remember, here's a case study. Georgia Southern was so high up early, like around this time of the year, mm-hmm. and you were like, "Holy shit!" It, it's, if if they keep this up, it's a re, it could be a reality that they host, and they dropped a little bit towards the end, but they still got it. They still mm-hmm. got that hosting bit. Campbell, if you're this high up, if you're seven at this point and you don't just fall off a cliff, you're guaranteed probably a top 30 RPI. Yeah, I think so too. Now, their their conference is weak. They're going to be playing against 200 RPI guys, you know, probably six of the next eight weeks. But yeah, if, if you're Campbell, you start having the conversation of, what can we do to make this stadium eligible to host? They can't host it at their place. They would have to go to a minor league park or something you don't think they can add in extra stands extra no way they know they wouldn't no way they campbell can host okay well they'll find a place that's that's what it is though a conversation of what where can we host and and how can we do it because right now if the season ended they are going to host they would host let's see buey's creek is super close to raleigh um fayetteville there's, there's so a, many. There's so many minor league parks in that area. Oh, they, oh they would be Carolina. Fine. Oh, yeah. They would be fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, they would probably have to make an hour drive or so somewhere. Yeah, Maybe, probably less probably than less that. that. I would say I don't. I don't know how exactly how far Raleigh is from Buey's Creek, but they could probably host it at the Durham and Durham Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, host it somewhere around there. No, no problem. Um. Would it be as would it be as exciting in home field? No, but it would be pretty cool. Um, so yep, you heard it here first. We are starting the Campbell hosting a regional train. Right. Um, another game. Hey, another game. Hey, I'm talking more because I know you don't want to talk that much since you're sick. I'm dying over here. <laughs> um another good game on Tuesday was uh Charlotte upset South Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was inevitable, it was coming. Um, South Carolina was on an unbelievable run. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. doesn't mean well, they're not that good. No, it's, it doesn't mean that at all. SEC teams are going to get upset in the midweek all year long. And it's because they have to save their best pitching for the ruthless SEC schedule. There's no easy team that they're going to play throughout their, their conference schedule. Or they're, they, yeah, they're going to punt. They're going to throw freshmen on the midweek and just hope that they can outslug them. And it was almost like, both teams, South Carolina was due for a bad game and Charlotte was due for a good game because I still think Charlotte's really talented and could potentially win the Conference USA. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they showed that they, they took advantage of, of miscues from South Carolina and hit the ball out of the ballpark and, and pitched well. You're going to win more games than not. doesn't matter who you're playing against. Yep. Um, there was an exciting game between A&M and Rice. Right, yeah. put up a four run in the ninth to tie it up, and then A and M walked it off. That's a good, good sign for Rice. Rice, hey, Rice is above five hundred twenty one games into the season. Yeah, and and obviously they're never. I don't think they'll ever get back to their dominance that they had in the early two thousands. But this is much better Rice team than we've seen in the last five years. A, a team from twenty twenty one Rice would probably be five games below five hundred at this point. Yeah. Um, 
How about your Miami yeah, Hurricanes? Yeah, Oklahoma. That was fine. They finally got a meaningful win. Right. Yeah. Dallas Baptist lost by 20 runs last midweek and then against Oklahoma State. Found a way to win against Oklahoma. So they're back on track. But again, Dallas Baptist not not as good as what they've been. No, no, they said their their name is a distraction. Like they're not as good as what that name says. Um, use the bad UCF showed up. They lost to North Florida I saw with that. a three round walk off home run. I saw that. Um, or two run home. No, the three run homer or two. I think, so. I think it was a three run. Um, and then Northeastern took down Boston College. Um, apparently. Apparently there was a benches clearing brawl in that game. Yeah, that, in the eighth inning. That nobody has footage of because it was on Flow Sports. And so if you have a Flow Sports account that's still active, uh, we we discontinued ours. But if you have a Flow Sports account that's active and you can pull up the art archived video from Boston College versus Northeastern, fast forward to the eighth inning because apparently Boston College's like whole team is suspended four games or there's there's a bunch of guys that are suspended because of it. So I really want to get a clip of it. But so if you have a flow sports and you don't mind sharing it with us for an hour, um, that would be super cool. Um, obviously, you don't have to do that. Um, yeah, but we're not going to pay thirty bucks a month for thirty dollars to get a clip. Something worthy, not, not even just to suspend uh, the brawl, which obviously everybody wants to see, but. Boston College was riding hot. They broke into the top twenty-five, like, and now they're losing a lot of guys. That they, I'm, NC State is almost a lock to win this weekend for me. Yeah, because Boston College is out a bunch of players. They're suspended the whole weekend. So, and it, you can't afford to just give away ACC weekend. Like, you no. can't afford to just be half-staffed for stuff like that. So, um, and then. The only other game from Tuesday that I can think of is Florida State, Florida, where the gate Florida State had a lead and blew it. Florida State has zero pitching, dude. The guys that they were throwing late in the game were they were mid major guys at best. Dude, how bad does our Florida State to win the ACC pick look right now? Oh, dude, and and even the guys that we thought were going to be nails for them on the mound, they've been terrible. <laughs> Well, like their yeah, best guys have been bad. Crowell hasn't been pitching. They're they're shallow as hell on the mound. Mm-hmm. It's dead. It is. They're so young dead. too. I looked and I think they have sixteen freshmen on their roster, maybe twenty. Either sixteen or twenty guys that are freshmen on their rosters. Yeah, that was a bad pick by us. Whatever. Whatever. Um, talk what? talk to us about the Hurricanes real quick. They played a. They were down. Early, like four nothing to Florida Atlantic, and you thought it was going to be another one of those midweek slip ups for Miami. But they're, dude, when you're playing good baseball like the Hurricanes are, you find a way to win, and they actually ended up just dominating the rest of the game. Honestly, maybe losing Florida is what they need every year because they just lose to Florida and then they just turned it on. Five and one in the AC coming off a sweep against Virginia Tech. They were down early. Very easy to lose those games. Super mm-hmm. easy. You're just like, fuck this. I don't want to, like, whatever. We're down for nothing. We'll just kind of go through the motion, get this game over with, and worry mm-hmm. about next weekend. They travel two wake for it. No, nah, that's not what the Hurricanes did. They put up an A spot, came back, and blew them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that line, that, that's that an absolute dagger for FAU, who just got swept at UTSA last weekend. 
you, you think you have everything figured out. You put up a four spot in the first inning against Miami. Hey, we'll bounce back from that that terrible weekend we just had. And uh, they got pummeled. Yep. Nope. Not good. Uh, Mercer. You know what? You know what's hilarious? And they've been doing it for the last couple of years. Mercer had the softest, most inflated schedule. They are not a fourteen and eighteen. I don't know. Their schedule this year is better than what it's usually. I mean, Ben. They played Rutgers. They've played Georgia Southern twice. They played three at okay. Baylor midweek okay. at Texas. And they've, lost, they've lost all the game. Baylor's a terrible baseball team. Bellarmine is not very good. Rhode Island, not very good. Florida A&M, obviously they have that every year. Whatever. It's two yeah. wins, automatic almost. William & Mary, 500 team. Um, better schedule, but they're not a 500 team. Anyway, I don't know why I'm doing this, but. Yeah, there they was no, it. there was no they stream. Keep up with Georgia Southern. They blew. They had a four nothing lead immediately. Southern answered with five, and they were on their way to a win. So that that actually pissed me off that Mercer didn't televise that game. That was really weird. Normally they're all good about that. And the the stands were packed. It was a I think it was a sold out crowd, and they it was like basically Mercer Athletic Night. So the whole football team was there. No, was it Athletic Night or Light Bulb Night, which was cringe as hell? <laughs> yeah, that was dumb. Uh, they were giving away at light bulbs to the first 500 fans, which is so funny. Ooh, but, let's get there early to get a light bulb. Um, but yeah, but like the whole basketball team, football team, women's sports were all there. It was a sold out crowd, and and yeah, they blew a huge lead and then lost 12 to 11, and nobody outside of Claude Smith Field could see it. That was that was so dumb. You got to hey, broadcast Georgia Southern's game, dude. Hey, how about how about you remember last year? Arizona State, basically in the press conference, was like Grand Canyon doesn't belong on the same field as us. Oh yeah, Grand Can- Arizona State absolutely body slammed Grand Canyon, eleven to one, smacked them. Um, so that was kind of like a. I don't want to say welcome back to reality because I think Grand Canyon's a good team, but hey, if you don't show up with your best stuff, you're going to get smacked by some of these bigger bigger school teams. Yeah, Grand Canyon has a big weekend series. I'm pretty sure they play Sam Houston Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which could decide yeah. the whack. It it could decide the whack. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's about. I I think that's all I've got for the midweek. Um, yeah, I mean the only other two games I want to talk about are the two that happened tonight. Uh, Duke, North Carolina, uh, started out super high scoring. It was six to three in the fourth inning, maybe the third inning, and then both teams got. Great bullpen, um, great bullpen help to kind of save the rest of the weekend. But yeah, North Carolina won six to three tonight. Uh, it was a little chippy. I watched the game. I was I was watching, flipping between back and forth. Yeah, it was a little chippy. There was guys you know, mouthing off to each other, which was fun to see. Um, but big win for for North Carolina, who they they haven't had a big win really all year. The, their big games, I think they've lost them all. I know there's like 15 and five, but um, they lost two to East Carolina. They lost one to Seton Hall, I think, to start the year. Um, yeah, was, um, they they're almost their whole series last week against Pitt got canceled, right? Um, but I think Duke. I think Duke is better than everyone expected. I don't have the guy's name in front of me, but Duke has one of the best pitchers in the ACC that nobody knows about. I think it's like Schwindel or something. 21 innings pitch. I was looking at it. I should have kept it saved oh, on yeah, my tab. He came out of the bullpen. He had a zero ERA in like 15 innings. 
Uh, who you're talking about? No, they have a starter. He he shut down Wake Forest last week. He had 21 innings pitched and 42 strikeouts. Two strikeouts per inning pitch, and uh, oh, he's nasty. I need, to, I, need to, I need to do some research on that. Yeah, I had his name pulled up. Starts with an S. I, I'm so sorry, all the Duke fans that listen. Um, but yeah, yeah. Duke's Duke's going to be a pest this year in the ACC. Maybe, maybe not as much as Boston College, but they they won a game against Wake. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm pulling they, up this guy's uh, name. He deserves the respect. What is his name? You want me to pull it up? I'm pulling it up right now, dude. All right. Um, but going on, moving on to the Georgia, Georgia, um, Georgia Auburn, another rivalry. Um, Georgia absolutely choked the, that game away. I, that, that's plain and simple. The only way you can explain it. They choked the game away. They had a three run lead in the ninth, blew it on a wild two out dribbler to short, overthrew it, throwing their run score, mm-hmm. tied it. They went into extra. Then guy was talking shit in a 2 0 count, rattled the hell out of the pitcher. Pitcher lost it all, walked him on four pitches, walk off walk with bases loaded, and Auburn get their first SEC win. Georgia moved to 0 4 in the SEC, which is bad, bad, bad news. Yeah. I mean, when you drop 0 4 in the SEC, okay, I know Ole Miss made a historic run, but that cannot be the standard. You know? No, yeah, think, not, not at all. So I think Georgia. It's, I don't want to. I don't want to say you start worrying, but you're getting into. You're, if you don't find a way to get these next two games, you start the SEC play one and five, and your schedule only gets harder. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to make a regional, if you want to get that at large bid, you got to get. You got to get to thirteen wins. Twelve, twelve maybe, but thirteen. If twelve, if you have a super strong out of conference. So we'll see. Yeah, All right, his name his name is Jonathan Santucci for Duke. Um, his conference ERA is not great, but in, on the season, twenty one innings pitched, forty two strikeouts. He had eleven strikeouts against Wake Forest. Um, he's a really good lefty. Oh, excuse yeah. me, man. I've been coughing and sneezing this whole episode, trying not trying to mute my mic, but I think that one slipped through. My bad. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Let's do our weekend series pick them now. Let's preview the weekend. All right, let's do it. Yeah, like I said, today's going to be a much shorter episode. Just sorry about that. We'll be, we'll, I'll be better on Sunday night. I promise you. Um, but yeah, we got six series here: Miami at Wake Forest, Mizzou at South Carolina, Georgia Southern at Southern Miss, Arkansas LSU, Illinois at Nebraska, and Texas State at Coastal Carolina. So let's go in reverse. Ah. I want to save Arkansas LSU for last. All right. I want to build the suspense a little bit. Right. Um, but I want to start here with Texas State at Coastal Carolina. So, uh, as as everybody knows, the Sun Belt is not a conference to be messing with. The, the top-end talent in the Sun Belt is up there it's with – Dude, it's up there with the Big 12 and better than the American, in my opinion. Um I don't know how it would match up, but the Pac-12, maybe the Pac-12 definitely has an edge over the Sun Belt on paper, but we saw it last year, Texas State in the, in the Stanford Regional. They were kind of toe-to-toe with each other. Um, anyways, I guess short, long story short, the Sun Belt's a really good conference, and we have two Sun Belt weekend series that I think are huge for all four of these teams. 
Um, but Texas State going to Coastal, the first thing that comes off and should come off of anybody's head is bet the over, no matter what it is, right? It doesn't matter if Levi Wells is pitching or not. Ball flies at Coastal. Runs are going to be scored. Both teams are very offensive. Um, but to choose a winner for best two out of three of the weekend, it was tough to me. It was really tough for me. Um, rumor has it Levi Wells, Texas State's ace, will be pitching tomorrow night. Um, so you have to just kind of take that how it is. We, we don't know if he's limited pitch count or not. But if he pitches, you got to like your chances for your Texas State to score more runs than you give up. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I, I really do think Texas State is a more complete team and you put them in a good hitters environment, they're going to succeed. And I, I think their bullpen is much better than Coastal's. And in order to win two out of three in a weekend, you got to you you have to rely on your bullpen. So I'm taking Slam Marcus. I'm taking the Bobcats here. Obviously, Coastal could easily win this series, and I think that might be where you're going with this. Uh, but I, I think Texas State's just a better all-around team. This is really hard for me to pick because how how can I? justify myself picking against Coastal at home. They know how to win there. They know how to produce runs there. They know how to score there. Texas State, I think, has an offense that can compete with that. But I think they also can pitch a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what do I value more? Coastal's lineup? I think the battle this weekend is Texas State bullpen versus Coastal's lineup. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, Texas State looked really good against Southern Miss, but I think I think if Southern Miss pitched a little bit better on Sunday, they had ten walk. They gave away that series on Sunday. They absolutely did. Yep. So I'm gonna roll with Coastal just because they're at home. They know how to win there, and I'm not a hundred percent sold on Texas State being elite, elite yet. Yeah. Well, if you look back at it, like they didn't score a ton of runs last weekend and they no. didn't score a ton of runs at, at Grand Canyon that weekend series. So maybe we are overvaluing Texas State's offense. The The one issue that I have is Coastal Carolina is going to be the home team in all three games, clearly, right? Like, obviously. Getting those last three outs, there's no lead that is safe. Like, it, it could come up to the bottom of the ninth and you could be up four runs and you're after three batters you know, getting your closer ready, like hot, fast. Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll be watching a lot of that series, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm really intrigued with both of those teams. I think they're both Omaha sleepers. And uh, it, it's just nice to watch a good broadcast from a mid-major standpoint. The Coastal's broadcast is is really good. It is really good. It is, it, it is an enjoyable watch. Mm-hmm. All right, so next up, let's stick in the let's stick in the Sun Belt. Let's knock out this other Sun Belt Conference weekend, and it's two teams that we're super familiar with. I think they could be, if this is our sixth week of Pick'em, they've been on them four or five times each. It's Georgia Southern at Southern Miss. We got the Eagles versus the Golden Eagles. Now this game is at Pete Taylor Park, and we know about Pete Taylor magic and. You know, Baseburg magic. Baseburg magic. Um, you got a team. Both of these teams hosted regionals last year. One of them got out of the regional, and that was Southern Miss. 
Georgia Southern got clogged up by Notre Dame, but um, anyways, that's, that's how many people were beating Notre Dame during that run. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna let you pick first here. Cause I, I do need to cough really quick. So go for it. <laughs> um, I've hit the panic button to last week on Georgia Southern. They came out and took a sweep against a pretty good South Alabama team. So that was um, encouraging, but I'm going to stick with my panic button hit pressed. They did go on the road at UCF, and they, so they can win on the road. Maybe they're a better road team. We don't know yet. Too early to tell. But I just feel like I'm going to give the edge of Southern Miss's pitching and Southern Miss being at home. So I'm going to roll with Southern Miss. Yeah. Um, Southern Miss has been hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, right? They Every weekend, it's, it's an up and down for them. Um, this one was tough. This one was definitely the toughest pick I had on, on the weekend slate here. Because I do think Georgia Southern is going to figure it out and they're going to go on a 12-plus game win streak at some point this year. Um, they struggled with Mercer on, on Tuesday. And Mercer's club's not great. Um, Southern Miss plays really well at home, but they've also slipped up at home against Illinois. Almost slipped up a series against Valpo as well. So... It's it's basically like which team is going to play better this weekend because talent wise I think they're pretty equal, coaching wise very equal. Both legendary coaches been there forever for both teams, but when it comes to this, I I have to pick the home team here. I got to take got to roll with the Eeks. Got to roll with with the Golden Eagles. The if they lose this series, it's going to put a it's going to, no, no, I'm not going to say that. It's just going to put a big damper on their regional hosting picture and, and they really have to make up some work. No, Ben, um, that's the rules. They're canceled. Nah, not canceled. Can't cancel Southern Miss. But yeah, I'm going to go with Southern Miss here. You, you know what's funny? It, people people get mad at us when we pick against their team, which is normal sport. But it's, I feel like there's like a weird energy where it's more than just mad. Like they're like genuinely pissed off. And I'm like, guys, come on. It's all a game. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. And this was, like, like I said, this was a coin flip. You can't justify one team over the other. Yeah. And when you come in our mentions with your your receipt, congratulations, your team won. I, I would expect you to pick your team to win too. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Come on. Give us a break. Yep. Um, all right. So next series here, we have your Miami Hurricanes at Wake Forest. Another series where I'm tempted to take the over in every single game. Uh, although both teams do have lights out pitching at, at certain points, depending on who's on the mound. But uh, I'm going to make this one pretty simple. I'm going to I'm going to fade Wake Forest like we said we would do in before the season. Uh, we, before the year, we were not buying into the Wake Forest hype. Now, I do think they're much better than what I even expected. I don't want to say much better. They're just a, they're still very good. Yeah, they're very good, very talented, um, and they're a lot older this year than they have been in the past. Like it's a very veteran led lineup. You got two old pitchers going Friday Saturday for you. Uh, that plays a lot, but Miami showed me something that even just winning one game out of three against Florida shows me a lot because I think Florida's number one, number two team in the country on any given night. 
And uh, I'm going to go with Miami here just because I said before the year, I'm not going to buy into the Wake Forest hype. I want to see them play ACC schedule. Uh, they won two out of three both both weekends, uh, once against Duke and once against – help me out here. Who was the other series? Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. No, they didn't play Virginia Tech. Who, who are you talking about, Wake Forest? Wake Forest. Oh, uh, Wake Forest has played Duke and um, – Duke NC State and or somebody? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah, and they lost one game to both of those series. Uh, Miami's offense has just been clicking lately. They put up a ton of runs against Virginia Tech last week, ton of runs in the midweek. I'm going to roll with with Miami on the road here. I'm sure this is going to come back and, and backfire on me. So I'm in a position where I've been having fun with my picks. I've been enjoying, you know, fading the public and having fun with my picks, but now I'm pissed off. My record is not pretty. I'm not happy with it. I've been having too much fun getting too cute with it. It is time to lay the hammer down. And as much as I love the hurricane, oh God, why am I this is this is this is why is this so hard? I think Wake Forest win at home only because and here's why. Their pitching is good enough to keep Miami's bats under control. Right. And I think the difference in this series is Miami starting pitching versus Wake's lineup. I don't think they have a chance. Their, their pitch, Miami starting pitching is not good enough to go make an Omaha run or anything like that. It's just, it is what it is. They're a good team. They can out, they can really hit. But I think the difference in this series, Miami starting pitching versus Wake Forest's lineup. And I have to roll with the Wake Forest. And you know what? It's a win-win for me. If Wake Forest wins, oh, great. Stop. I'm, I'm, my pick is right. But if Miami lo- loses, uh, Miami wins, I'm happy either way. That's lame, dude. Don't give me this play. win-win it's stuff. Win-win, no-lose play. Stop. All right, whatever. Um, what, are you, what are you telling me to stop for? Because you're going to be cheering on Miami with your little heart just the whole weekend. It'll make it easier to cover the game because then I can be excited when Wake's winning and I can be excited when Miami's winning. Okay, okay. Anyways, let's I move on here. Have, I think people have caught on. My tone changes in my tweet when I'm pissed off. Oh, 100%. I'm the same way. Yeah. All right, and so I now we have Ellen. Forget. I think people forget. We're not just journal journalists or co- we cover the sport, but we're also fans. Like, we started this as fans. Yeah. So we're, our bias is going to show all the time, even though we're very, very, very unbiased. <laughs> Emphasis on the very. Anyways, um, we got Illinois at Nebraska here. This one was the easiest pick for me just because Nebraska's at home. Other than the first three games of the seasons, they've been playing – sorry, the first four games of the season playing great baseball. I've been trying to tell people to – kind of get on the bandwagon of Nebraska. I think they're going to end up winning the Big Ten this year. And you can't win the Big Ten if you lose to to Illinois because really Illinois is a damn good club too. Like they they're very offensive. Um they like we talked about earlier, they beat Southern Miss on the road two out of three. They split with Coastal one and one in a weekend. Um but I really do think Nebraska this is kind of their coming out party. I think Nebraska comes through and uh their, their pitching has been a lot better than what it was the first five or six games of the year. They've settled in. 
give me the Huskers. Mm, okay. I like where you had that here, but I don't like your pick. I think Illinois went to Siri. I think Nebraska is not quite where you think they are, which is fine, fair. I could be wrong. But as of today, March 24th, Nebraska is not good enough to beat the Illinois Fighting Illini. Give me the Illini in Haymarket Park this weekend. I think Illinois probably peaked this year already. Is that is that crazy to say? They what? They peaked? Yeah, they were. I mean, that's, they got that's very crazy to say. We'll we'll circle back on the on Monday, on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, they won two out of three at Southern Miss, and they win two out of three at Sam Houston. They split with Coastal. Maybe um, they're just a good team, Ben. Maybe. I just I, I think they're due for a downturn. Um, not we'll yet. See, They're not hitting the cold part of the theory yet. Not yet. We'll see. All right. Uh, let's go to the two SEC series that we have. Mizzou at South Carolina. Um, man, I've been such a Mizzou believer all year. I, I picked him to win. You're going to pick against them. I know it. No, I'm not. I'm taking Mizzou here. Woo! South Carolina Twitter coming back. They're coming back for I, more. Let them come at me, man. I think uh, – uh, Mizzou's strength is not strength of schedule, but their quality wins this year match up with a lot of teams like top end in the country. People have been sleeping on them. They're they're basically a team formed of JUCO guys and transfers, and then a couple pieces that have been there for a while, like Trevor Austin and um, I forget the other guy's name. But the uh, the foundation of Missouri baseball is like if you took Mizzou off their chest and you put Vanderbilt or you put Tennessee or Florida, you know you would believe a lot more in this team. Uh, South Carolina, of course, they swept Georgia last Wait, weekend. Whatever makes you sleep at night. Whatever makes you sleep better. No, I'm going to justify this. South Carolina sweeps Georgia on the road, right? But I don't think I – mean, after seeing what Georgia did tonight, blowing a three-run lead in the ninth with two outs to Auburn, not sold on Georgia yet. And I, I don't think that's as quality of a series – well, it's not. It's not as quality of a win as Mizzou sweep in Tennessee. Um and Mizzou ended up beating Kansas uh, in the midweek, eight to three. They scored five runs in the tenth inning. This is a complete Mizzou staff. Like the pitching staff scares me a little bit, but their offense. I think there's a lot left in the tank too. I think Mizzou comes in and, and another just coming out party, back to back weeks, and, and just showing the SEC like, hey, we're here and we're for real. Now South Carolina, on the other hand, similar structure, a lot of transfers. Um, stepping into their role and, and kind of building off the, the talent that they're lacking last year. Um, but their, their pitching staff does scare me a little bit. Um, not, not scare me as a, they're really good. They scare me as a Mizzou, like rooting on Mizzou because I think South Carolina could go in and sweep the series very easily if their starting pitching is on. I think I think if this game was being played in Columbia, Missouri, then you would have a very good argument that you know Missouri could take this. But I think Founders Park is going to be loud. South Carolina fans are excited of their team about their team. The mojo's coming back. The confidence, the just that feeling in the air that South Carolina's got that swag back, that dominance back. That they have a good baseball team and they have they believe in it. Like that's the biggest thing. I think the fans are starting to believe in this team, not being skeptical, yeah. not being 
oh, are, are we actually good? Like, I need to see more. No, they believe it now. They they are the Tennessee Twitter confidence right now. Right. You should see them. On, I, can see, I can see it on Twitter. The, the way they react and the way they're talking, they, are, they have the confidence like Tennessee fans where they just feel like they're unbeatable right now. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, college baseball is better when South Carolina is good. When no, South no, Carolina no. is good, like, the whole landscape of college baseball is better. Yep. And anyways, I think with the series being in Founders Park, give me the give me the Yardcocks. Shout out to Spurs Up Show for the inspiration on the word, but I love it. Yardcocks. <laughs> all right. Um all right, hey, last question. Who did you pick? Georgia Southern or Southern Miss? Uh, I picked Southern Miss. You did. Because they're golden. They're the golden eagles, not just the Eagles. You're right. Uh last series here though, we have Arkansas at LSU, the granddaddy of them all. And um, it's a top five matchup. And honestly, in my my opinion, I think as of right now, these should be the top two teams in the country. I think Arkansas and LSU, talent-wise and resume-wise, should be ahead of Florida, should be ahead of no, Wake no, Forest. No, 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 no. Florida is definitely better than Arkansas right now on paper. Dude, I don't know. On paper, they're more talented. Arkansas, I know we've talked about how they can pitch. Van Horn thinks one of the best pitching staff. Their lineup is very disciplined. They they know how to play the game. But I still think Florida is the better team. But that's an, an argument for another day. I mean, Arkansas only has two losses all year. Like they, And one of them was a fluke loss to Eastern Illinois that if they played them 10 times, they win nine of them. Um I'm a big believer in this Arkansas team, except where this series is going to be played in Baton Rouge, in the box. Paul Skeen's going Friday. This game starts at noon, I think, or 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. It got changed because of weather, the Friday night game. But, yeah, I mean, I'm a big, big, big believer in Paul Skeen's. I think we, we've talked about it. He's a major league guy throwing in college baseball right now. Uh, he shuts him down, wins it on Friday, and then – I have to believe LSU's offense wins them one of the next two games, even with this great Arkansas pitching staff. If this game was in Fayetteville, I think it's a little bit different. It gives Arkansas a much better chance of winning the series, but uh, give me the Tigers. Give me LSU. I'm not going to be cute with this pick. I'm not going to overthink it, even though I would be a legend in Arkansas Twitter uh, if I picked Arkansas and they won the series. I just I, I, I can't see it happening this weekend. That's how I feel. Right? I feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have to roll with LSU until the wheels fall off, or until something happens where they have to show me that hey, they're beatable. But right now, there's nothing that shows me that this team is beatable in a three game series. Right. Beating I'm, that team twice in three days, I just don't see it happening right now. So I'm rolling with the with the G- Go Tiger with the GX Tigers. <laughs> I like saying it like that, GX. The GX Tigers. But yeah, no, Elish Polsky, that's a big league arm that we're watching. That is a big league ready arm. Um, Coach Schlossnagel had high, 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 high praise for him, um, saying he should be in the American or National League right now. So Mm -hmm. yeah, give me LSU all day, 110%. Yep. Um, All right, nice. Um, I don't have anything left for this show today. I, my brain is foggy right now. My voice is gone. Uh, 
Was there anything else that we're missing college baseball wise? Because I don't have anything else written down. Um, I just need to make sure I say one thing. I forgot a freshman when we talked about freshmen last weekend. Ethan Petri, Petri from South Carolina is 100% a name to watch as far as freshmen goes. He's one of the best in the SEC. Charlie Condon, um, Colby Shelton from Alabama, Condon from Georgia, and Petri from South Carolina are the three front runners mm-hmm. to win the SEC freshman of the year. So my apology. There's just so many of them. You forget, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's all. I think that's all I got left. All right, nice. Well, we'll be back Sunday night recapping the, the weekend, uh, talking about biggest winners and biggest losers of the weekend, players that stood out. Uh, same old, same old stuff there. Preview the midweek. But we appreciate everybody listening to the shorter episode today. Um, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on social media if you haven't already. And uh, just enjoy your weekend, man. <laughs> Peace out. Appreciate the support. Um, you guys enjoy your weekend. We won a national championship for, for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. Uh, we did it. Uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Oh, my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam. Base hit. Arkansas is headed back to Omaha. And here's Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. Hispanic Titanic with a blast again. <laughs> My-